And welcome back to the greatest episode of the Shaving Points podcast. We're talking about the draft today. We're talking sleepers. We're talking guys that are going late third, early fourth, and beyond. My name is Jade May. Joined, as always, tonight by my co-host, Quentin Crisco. How are we doing tonight, Quentin? Doing great, Jay. I just watched, so I had 191 players that I, I, I absolutely was like, I'm going to watch these guys. And that was before I could get to the guys like searching for sleepers too much. And it's like, I finished the last one today. So now I'm just onto sleepers, onto finishing the draft guide. It is a good day. I'm happy. I'm energized. My name is Quentin Crisco. You can find me on Twitter at Stats. Make sure to go check out the podcast Twitter at shaving underscore points. That's PTS underscore pod. Go throw us a like, give us a subscribe. Please rate us on wherever you listen to your podcast. It means so much to us. We'd be so thankful. But I'm doing great, Jay. Absolutely. We will have that draft guide out for you guys as soon as it's done. At shaving-points.com. Shaving-points.com. The most comprehensive draft guide you could ever find. Any guide that you're looking for for your team will be on there. All the stats, all of his attributes, all of his plus, all of his minuses will be able to be found on the draft guide at shaving-points.com. Speaking of draft, we're talking about the draft today. We're talking sleepers. We're talking guys that are going late third, early fourth, and beyond. These aren't guys that you're going to see go in the first, second, third round. These are guys that are going to be going day three of the draft. But if your team drafts them, you could have a dude. And that's kind of where we're trying to pick through the hundreds and hundreds of players to find the guys that are going to be perennial starters for your team. And that's what today's episode is going to be about. Sir, I just realized I forgot to add one onto our list here. So I just threw him on there. But yeah, man, perfect. I'm excited to get talking about these guys. Hell yeah. All right. So where, where do you want to get started? Because we have a lot of guys on this list. We have... Uh, we have offense, we have defense, we have in the trenches, we have DBs, we have quarterbacks, we have running back. We got a little bit of everything going on, so I'll just let you lead the way on, on where we're starting here. Let's start off with the guy I just threw on there so I don't forget about him. That's Clayton Toon. And you're actually going to need to lead the way on him because he is a player that I haven't watched. Okay, so Clayton Toon out of Houston... When I, when I put this guy on my list, he's a guy under Danny Holgerson that did a lot for Houston. Very productive player. Kind of older, but somebody that can step in and potentially lead a team. But also, the, the two quarterbacks I selected are career backup guys that in the perfect situation can be, I don't want to say Tom Brady because he's the GOAT, but... Tom Brady asked that if everything if everything falls their way perfectly, they can be a perennial starter. But I think their floor is a year in year out backup. If you lose your quarterback for five weeks, they can go three and two. That's kind of how I feel about Clayton Team. I feel like he's a good throw of the football. He has good mechanics. He's very smart. He's good at his reads, his decision making, and everything. He's a guy that you can pick in the fifth round and may have a, a five-year backup, Dak Prescott is probably a better example to where he's brought in to back up a veteran who gets hurt day one 
and if he's in the right situation, can absolutely ball out and not give up the job and become a, a top 15 quarterback in the NFL. And that's kind of how I feel about Clayton Finn. I don't know much about him because I haven't I haven't zeroed in on quarterbacks as much as I have other positions. I've really only watched five quarterbacks, I think, maybe six. But Clayton Toon was a guy who you heard about going into the Senior Bowl, and I don't think he actually ended up playing in the Senior Bowl or at the practices. He, he was a guy that a lot of people were excited to see. A lot of people thought, you know, there might be a little something there because of that mental side of the game that he brings, being a, a smart guy. He's seen a lot of things. He's played a lot of football. And he's played in a few different offenses now. And I think that's something that's very valuable for a backup quarterback who can, like you said, step in for four or five games and get you over the hump and maybe even be a little more. And I think whenever you're looking for a quarterback in the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round, that's kind of what you're hoping for is a guy that's going to come in and not lose the game for you if your starter goes down. And I think that's what he is. Now, the next guy I actually think is a, I think of it as pretty differently than that. So Clayton Toon, he was ranked number 186 on Lance Lines board. So you're, you're talking, what is it, what is that, six-rounder, maybe? That's where he's being projected right now, at least. Aiden O'Connell is our next guy, quarterback out of Purdue. He's ranked 170. And I think there's much more than a 16-player gap between these two guys. Aiden O'Connell was a guy that I had a future on to win the Heisman this past year. Hit an incredible 2021 season, lighten it up, great decision maker, great build general. And then his 2022 tape just wasn't there. But I think this is a guy, more so than Clayton Toon, I think Aiden O'Connell's ceiling is all pro. A guy that can get it done week in and week out in the perfect scenario. It's very possible that Aiden O'Connell washes out in three years. But it's also possible that if he lands in the perfect situation with maybe some good veteran receivers, veteran quarterback that goes down and he takes the job. I, I think Aiden O'Connell, I think his ceiling is so high. But you saw what he did in 2022 with a lackluster offense. And there's definitely questions there. I think potential is through the roof for this kid. I, I differ with you a little there. And I actually... I think it's really good. I, I love hearing when two different people seeing a prospect have differing opinions because it gives me something that I can go back and look for more. You know, I can only speak to what I've seen, and that's I watched two games of his 2022 season. I see a guy who the old guard NFL scouts probably a big, tall pocket passer stands tall in the face of pressure, just still delivers the throw as he's getting hit. That kind of player. But I also see a player who trusts his arm just a little too much, especially once you get some of his downfield inaccuracy issues. He gets himself in trouble sometimes. And that's where I, why I say I think he's pretty different than Clayton Toon. Like, I think Clayton Toon's a guy who you can see spend five, six years with one or two teams. I think Aiden O'Connell is a guy who's going to jump around team to team in, in a most likely scenario. Where at each coach just keeps saying, I can fix this guy, you know? <laughs> In my opinion, Clayton Toon is more of a of a Chase Daniel, Case Keenum type. Where he can stay around the league for a long time, win a couple of games when he gets in. Maybe get a, get a starting job for a team that is in between quarterbacks. 
Aiden O'Connell is either going to be a Josh Rosen type. He's kind of a Jacoby Brissett guy. It's like whatever he gets in, he, he has high potential. He has a big arm. He can make every throw. But if the scenario is not perfect, he leaves you lacking a little bit. Like, I don't think Clayton Toon will ever be a franchise quarterback, but I think in the perfect situation, Aiden O'Connell could be a friend, could be a franchise. I mean, we're talking about a, a fourth or fifth round pick here. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying this guy is going to go on and be a hall of famer, but in the perfect situation, I think Aiden O'Connell could be a perennial starter in the league to where Clayton Toon could be one of the best backups of his generation type deal. Yeah, Aiden O'Connell's number 145 on my board right now, so that's like fourth, fifth round, most likely. In the way that I've been looking at things for the last, like, two months, three months, it's, you know, all pro, pro bowl, decontributor, good starter, starter, backup, developmental, depth special team. Like, those are the tiers. I see his ceiling as good start. Like, you know, that, that, that's, that makes sense to me with his floor being developmental guy who's bouncing team to team because every coach thinks they can fix it another guy that i meant to send you that i didn't was dorian thompson robinson dtr ucla it felt like he was the quarterback at ucla for 15 years that's a guy that i think the systems that he falls in i don't think he'll end up because i think he would excel but an offense that that makes it easy for a quarterback that doesn't need the wide receiver help readily available but can make a little out of a lot i think dorian thompson robinson and the absolute perfect perfect scenario could be one of those uh day three guys that you look at that may sit on the bench for two or three years then come into a game and you're like holy shit this guy can ball because watching ucla like whenever he was good he was fantastic but when things didn't go perfect he, it was rough for UCLA. Uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson was another guy could keep your eye on it if if you have a if you have a good offensive minded coach that can build around a player's skill set rather than their own system. Uh, a Shanahan, a McDaniel, an Andy Reid, one of those that can can bring the most out of a player. I think Dorian Thompson Robinson could have an extremely high ceiling and like the perfect scenario. Yeah. I mean, so I haven't watched much DTR aside from just what I saw while watching Zach Charbonnet. I think he's an ideal fit for some of the more mobile quarterbacks in the league who have, like you're saying, systems built around them to, to fit what they do. Like I know there's a lot of bears fans who want DTR as a backup for Justin Fields. To change their offense based on their backup. And in case of emergency, because, I mean, that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about emergency quarterback. None of these guys are going to be drafted to be day one starters, obviously. They could compete for the job whenever they get drafted, but you're drafted these guys in case of emergency. And if you have a coach that's like, we're going to have a 10-play a package for this backup, and it's kind of like put in very, like, softly, break class in case of emergency and you have a 10 play base set i think he's a guy that could excel in that situation regardless of what the the starters position is if 
if he's a, a pocket passer, if he's a running quarterback, like I think he's a guy that can go to any team. But if they just have that five or ten plays for this guy, I think he could excel in that. No. Uh next up here, we got Muhammad Ibrahim running back out of Minnesota, number one fourteen on Zerline's board currently. He's good. Muhammad Ibrahim. One of my favorite players to watch. This kid is, he runs the ball with passion. He runs the ball to grit. And he's not getting the love some of these other running backs are getting. And we're talking about the running back position in the NFL. I think the best you're going to get out of running back these days are their first three to four years in the NFL. Yeah, he had a lot of carries in college. But, I mean, this is a guy that can get you 1,200 yards the day he steps in he can take over the he could take over any running back job in the league and get 15 to 23 carries get you 115 yards a game may not get a second contract which sucks for running backs like they have to figure out something about the the running back pay scale for the nfl because they just run guys from the ground they don't get their second contract and then they just have cte for the rest of their life it's absolutely miserable for these guys but this is a guy that can be a day one starter, possibly be an all pro, like an absolute stud. Proved it in college. And he doesn't have the breakaway speed. He doesn't have the lateral speed. But he's just a good runner of the football with good vision. It proved it in college. Like he's a guy that if your team picks in the fourth round and you have maybe a fringe running back that hasn't really claimed a bell cow spot will absolutely win the job in training camp. I think like, I think wherever this guy lands up, he's going to be a starter. So, uh, yeah. I mean, fantasy guys, fantasy guys watching. If you're, if you're looking for rookie running back, then like there's the obvious names and the rookie running back class, Zach Charbonnet, uh, the, uh, Roshan Thompson out of Texas, uh, What's the other running back out of Texas? Uh, B. John Robinson. B. John Robinson. Like, yeah, th- there's all the names. There, there's the big four running backs, and there's everybody else. But he, he's the guy. If you're, if you're in fantasy, and you're in the sixth, seventh round, he's the rookie you need to grab because he's gonna put up numbers. Like, he's just a hard nose, grind it down your throat, running back. But he's not going to get a second contract. He's he's going to be a he's going to be an Alfred Morris. He's going to put up thirteen hundred yards, thirteen hundred yards, thirteen hundred yards, probably eight to fourteen touchdowns in three years. Not get a second contract and wash out of the league, and it's, it sucks for those guys. Like I, I I don't know how to fix it. Do you know how to fix the running back situation in the NFL? For these I got guys? no fix for it, but that's exactly what he is. I mean, he's. Not shy about creating contact. He actually thrives in contact, but he seems to seek it out. He's only five foot eight, two hundred something pounds. It, massive usage. This guy's gonna get injured by his fourth year in the NFL, but it's gonna be a fun three years before it. Like, I mean, he really doesn't offer that much that's special. It's not like he's this. He, he, not not a great pass protector or route runner. So he's not like a guy who's gonna specialize as a pass down back. But he's just gonna get tough yards for you, man. He's just gonna run like he's angry at the ground. There's something to be said for that. Um, 
like you said, the breakaway speed is not quite there. So he doesn't offer the same explosive element that you're going to get with some guys. But don't always need it. Look at the kid that Atlanta took last year. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's it's a very similar situation to that. I, I think, think he's going to be a, he's, he's he gonna be a good three-year starter. And then he's never going to get another contract. And he's going to get paid, like, $2.3 million for 375 carries in the NFL and 46 touchdowns. And 20 years from now, you're going to be like, man, remember how much of a beast that guy was? Then you're going to look back at his career earnings and be like, that guy got absolutely screwed. Yeah. Gave his life um, to the NFL, basically. But, yeah, I got him 148th on my board. It's actually lower than Zerline here. Just because, like I said, I don't think he's going to have – like, like, I think there's a lot working against him having a long, lucrative career and just being in the running back position. I, I don't value it as high as some other folks, so he's a little lower on my board, but definitely a sleeper pick. I think he's a guy who makes some noise early. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely not valued, but he's, he's a guy that can definitely step in day one, win the starting job, and like I said, give you give you, you good years of production. Yeah. So keeping on the running back position, next up out of the fighting Illini out of Illinois, number two, Chase Brown. Okay, so Chase Brown is a guy that yeah, he had a lot of carries in college, but I think this guy has staying power. I think I think this is a running back we could see get a second contract in this running back class. 6'1, 205. He's got good speed. Um and he he's I, I don't want to say Derrick Henry. He's six one. That's what his bio says. No, five eleven. Five eleven. Yeah. Was, okay. I thought he was even smaller than that. I mean, he looked smaller than that on day. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what I don't know what his uh, combine was. I'm just looking at that. No, I got I got him at five nine. Okay. Yeah. ESPN has him at five eleven two ten. That's probably what he was listed at by Illinois. <laughs> yeah. So that might be wrong. Combine was five nine. But if if you if you look at his game by game uh, for 2022, so 19 carries, three three uh, yards a carry average. But then you look at his highest carries game, like 29 carries, 4.8, 32 carries, 4.7, 40 carries, 5.7, 31 carries, 6.1. Um, 36 carries, six, uh, 6.1. Like, this is a guy that is a grinded out, gets better as the game goes on, playing in the big pen. Like, is... I think this guy has staying power in the NFL. When, when I say staying power, I mean getting a second contract because that's, that's the most you can hope for with a, with a running back in the NFL. Yeah, I think so. When I watch Chase Brown, I see a guy who is really good at just about everything. There's not much that he's really not good at, but there's nothing that he's really great at either, which is kind of the the, the question that I end up with him. Like, he's a, he's a really sudden runner. He has great breakaway speed. He is an athletic freak. Like, he runs a 4 4 um, Some of the best short area explosiveness among running backs in the class, but he's not like, he's just not as shifty as his testing would make you think. 
he's more of a subtle move. Like where he really wins is in these sh- these subtle little adjustments to his line in the run where he's setting up a block, setting up a tackler to miss. And it's not like he's juking guys out of their shoes. It's more of these subtle little movements. But I do think he's good enough in pass pro and good enough of a receiver that you're saying, this guy has real staying power as a pass catching. At his size, you probably don't want him toting the rock 20 times a game. Just if you if your goal is to get him to a second contract. I think a passing down role is something he could really excel in. Because you you get got this guy's a one cut runner, you know. But like I said, he's not juking guys out of their shoots. This guy wants to find a hole, find a run lane, and take off. And that's what he can really do well. And like that screen passes, tunnel screens, like you get him out on some sweeps here and there. I think he can be really effective with that. I don't think he's a guy that you want running between the tackles a whole lot because his vision is just. He's not the most patient in between the tackles. He, he tends to kind me, of rush his process there. To me, he's uh, he doesn't move as quickly as Tony Pollard, but he's kind of like Tony Pollard coming out of Memphis to where he can do everything. He can run between the tackles if you need him to, but he excels in a situation to where he can be a, a change the pace back. And we'll, we'll see what Tony Pollard can do this season uh, being the lead guy. But he reminds me a lot of Tony, Tony Pollard, where he's got he's got the top end speed, um, and he can definitely change it up. But I I think I, I see this guy as a, a a running back that can definitely earn that second contract in the NFL for a running back, which is really hard to do in today's NFL. Does get that second contract as a running back? Yeah, I, I I what I really hope with Chase Brown is that. At the at the NFL level, with you know NFL position coaches, they can help him learn how to run with a little more tempo and pace, and not just be you know pedal to the metal every second he has the ball in his hands. Because if he found a way to to, to get a little more of that um, what's it, of that tempo into his running, he could set up blocks better. He could set up miss tackles better and i think it's something that there's a lot to work with when it comes with it to his acceleration like his ability yeah. to just plant and go is special no i agree 100 and i mean i think he's definitely a guy that can uh be a major contributor to to any team in the nfl right now yeah i've got him at 146 on my board so that's what late fourth round probably late fourth yeah round grade. Probably better right for him too. So, and then let's see. Next up here is a this guy's a fun one, Kayshawn Butte. Yeah, Kayshawn Butte, man. Like, so this is a guy that highly revered out of college. Uh, great first year, not so great after that. But all the talent in the world at receiver for LSU. So. He's one of those guys, if you get him, you could be getting a Hall of Fame wide receiver, and you could also be getting a guy that never sees the field. You can but, get anywhere in between 2018 Antonio Brown and 2020 Antonio. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's one of those things like the absolute definition of boomer bust. It has all the talent in the world, 
probably one of the most talented wide receivers coming out of this draft is as far as pure skill goes but nobody really even want, like knows if he like even like football you don't have to like football to be good at it but you have to like it enough to like take your job seriously and nobody even knows that <laughs> dude he was one of the most frustrating players i've watched flat out like i watched his 2022 game against bama and it was like there were moments where you're like you kind of see something but you were still squinting you know and you never want to be squinting to see yeah and then i was like okay let's let's see what all the hype's about let's go back to his 2021 tape and i went to what might have been his best game in 2021 but his game against ucla and oh my god this guy was so good like he was incredible no like his his best moments were absolutely insane and he i mean he was supposed to be in line for the Bolitnikov this year like that good and didn't do anything but he has the potential to be an absolute stud. Like he, he, I don't, I don't even know if it's the right team because I don't think team matters. I think just him himself matters. And if he wants, if he wants to be great, he will be great. But if he just wants to make a quick payday and try to just coast on a, on a, early contract like he'll do that like i think i think he's the definition of like he can be as great as he wants to be so to paint a picture for what 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 booty does that's so because all, all i've really said so far was like the tape was incredible but that doesn't actually give you anything. so like in the nfl i think he's probably a slot receiver who can play a little on the outside if you need him to but at his best in his tape he might have the the loosest hips in class like his ability to change direction on a dime to to deceive by his direction of where he's facing to, to deceive corners and coverage is just so good like he is his 21 tape he he's straight up his change of direction ability looks up there with Jackson Smith and Jake. No, he's but he's elite when he wants to be. That's the thing. One of the big questions I have with him, though, he's had a few ankle injuries, and I think an ankle surgery. And I'm wondering, did he lose ankle flexion? Did he lose flexibility in those joints that that took away some of what made him so special? Yeah. And... I mean, he still was above average in his shuttle time at the Combine, but not incredibly above average. You know, just like slightly above average. And he wasn't really put, above average anywhere else. He's going to have to put in the work if he wants to get to the next level. And yeah. that's the question about him. Will he put in so, the work? Zerline's got him at 113 on his board. On my board, I'm a little higher, but same neighborhood. I got him at 94 on my board. It's really just... How comfortable are you with him in interviews? You know, do you feel like you're going to be able to get something out of this guy or not? Because, I mean, he could go in the second round if you feel like you're really comfortable with that. But I don't think he will. You know? Yeah, so he he basically quit on LSU after the first game and then, like, decided he was like, oh, I'm going to keep playing. And 
he he just seems like a very um what what happened lately type of guy because after that first game against uh i think it was florida florida state whoever they played week one he like deleted everything lsu off his twitter off his instagram and basically said like i'm, I'm gonna focus on the draft then he ended up playing for the rest of the year so it's like where's this guy's head at like what is like i understand once you get to the nfl it's, it's a different game and he may have more focus and everything and i can understand being in college uh having that much potential uh thinking to yourself like is it better for me to play or like i i, I definitely understand that but to make it public so immediately just gives me it just screams like impulsive and when you have impulsive guys with tons of potential so many things go wrong yeah there's a uh there's so many questions with with Butte. it's just you know if you're the Steelers maybe you take the chance yeah absolutely and like I said I don't I don't really think it matters where he lands more on if he wants to be great I think he can be great I think out of everybody we're going to talk about tonight, he has the highest ceiling, bar none. Yeah, I'd say that's fair. All right, so next up, we're moving on to the, the big uglies, to the offensive line. And we got one of my favorite players who I've been pounding the table for since February and is finally getting the recognition he deserves. And that's Oklahoma right tackle, Wanya Morris. Wanya Morris gave us a shout out on the Twitter. Thank you, Wanya Morris. Yeah, we um, appreciate the retweet. We've been watching your film a lot lately. And this is a guy transferred from Tennessee that both of us love. He's physical. He's strong. He's got good feet. And he just plays nasty. And that's what I love in offensive linemen. Just a guy that gets after it, gets nasty. He, Yeah, he can clean a, a couple things up. But he he's a guy, when you watch his film, it screams passion, that he loves what he's doing. And maybe uh, uh, just so maybe just a little bit of coaching, a little, little bit of this, a little bit of that. I don't know. Something to maybe get to that next level. But oozing with potential. And you can tell he loves to dominate. And that's what I want to see out of an offensive lineman. Yeah, I mean, just... Traits, traits, and more traits. Wani's got all the traits. This guy's big. He's six foot five, 307 pounds, got 35 inch arms. The average offensive tackle in this draft has 33.9 inch arms. So he's got that length that like that really can eat up defenders. Um, and then he's an athlete. He was above average in most every athletic test of the combine. Yeah. And he's played left tackle and right tackle between his time at Tennessee and Oklahoma. So he's versatile too. I mean, he and he just bullies opponents with quick, violent hands and a finishing mentality. Natural athleticism just oozes off the film, explosive movements, and just, he can mirror with just about anybody. Yeah. You're really not, there's very few limitations in Wanya Morris's game. Other when you than watch his film. Developing more. When you watch his film, most of the time when I was watching him, he wins off of pure athleticism. When you see a guy like that, and you're like, I don't know what it takes. I don't know what you do to flip that switch. 
But if you can just get the mechanic halfway right, he could be a perennial pro bowler, all pro type guy. And worst case scenario, a, a 10 to 12 year starter in the NFL. So in his past, like, like we said, he was at Tennessee. Completely different scheme, blocking concepts. He was playing the left side. He was probably about, I want to say like 40 pounds heavier at Tennessee. And yeah, he was big. I remember we watched the film. Yeah, it sucked out some of his athleticism. It didn't show as much on the tape there, and he was struggling more with it. He got to Oklahoma. He didn't play much his junior. He played some, but he wasn't starting consistently from start start of the year to finish. And then this past year, he started every game, and you can you can see from game to game him getting better and putting it together. And I feel like the growth that he he showed over the course of the season should tell NFL scouts a lot about this guy's ability to get better. That, that you yeah. know, it, it's not that this guy's been at Oklahoma for four years and then finally put something together. It's he's jumped around schemes, coaches, locations, and had to learn new things. I'm very trying to do his best for him. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, I would love to see this guy end up with a, a legendary line coach that that figures it out because he he's gonna be a stud i i think i think like i said about Keishon butte having the highest ceiling i think this guy has the lowest floor out of everybody we're gonna talk about tonight yeah i can see like that. i think I mean, worst case i think worst case scenario he's a he's a four-year starter and after that he can be a, a swing tackle or or something for a team for the next seven years to be like the best backup offensive lineman in the league worst case scenario if not just a very well-paid guy that always has a job like he has the traits that teams will keep trying to make it like yeah teams who need an offensive tackle will keep saying well get this guy and he's got some stuff to work with so Morris, he's number 149 on Zerline's board right now. I'm much higher than that. I, he's number 73. Okay, and I so have been skeptical that he will even reach the third. He's yeah, starting he to get more and more hype. I, I think he might go late second. Also, shout out Wanya Morris. Like, we love your film. Thanks, thanks for the retweet. Tell the boys some love. <laughs> Absolutely. Send right, you a next hat. Clip, we will definitely send. Next we'll, up here, if we have a four X later around, we'll send you a shirt too. I was thrilled when you sent this guy's name because I cannot talking. I cannot stop talking about Alex Forsett. He's one of my favorite favorite sleepers in this draft class. Yeah, and so the Oregon offensive line was was pretty good all year. You don't get a whole lot of recognition playing O line in the Pac twelve, but uh Oregon's offensive line was was pretty formidable all year and that kind of starts and ends with the center position and Alex Forsyth Forsyth has been just very, very steadily good, man. I I'll let, I haven't watched this film crazy amount. I mean, I watched a lot of uh, Pac-12 games late at night, uh, UCLA, Oregon, USC, all of that. 
So like I, didn't, I haven't seen a ton of it. I haven't really broken it down, but I remember watching Oregon games being like, man, that kid's got something. And then when I was looking at the draft boards and everything, like seeing how low he was going, like center is one of those positions that it's not very highly sought after, but a good center can completely change the entire dynamic of a team. If you have a, if you have a Bill general at center, and I, I, I think he's one of those guys, man. He, he seems smart. He seems, seems like a guy that can do everything you need him to do as a center, but at the same time, like carry that offensive line, be that leader, uh, be that, that, that spokesman for the offensive line. And I like this guy a lot. Yeah. I mean, I'm right there with you. I watched, I was sold the second I put on the tape from Georgia, Oregon week one, when Oregon just got destroyed, but Alex Forsyth looked like the best player on their team while going up against Georgia's D line, which is no easy task. Um, he's tall. He's six foot four, 303 pounds. He's a technician. Like tall centers are kind of rare. You don't find them that often. And it's like, you can question whether it's actually a detriment to them sometimes leverage wise. He can't, he can't play in Denver. <laughs> but um, he's got decent length for the center position and a finishing mentality and a hot motor. I mean, he he likes to finish, guys. It's pretty clear on Phil. And he's got some versatility. He might be able to play a little guard for you if you need him to. But ultimately, I don't know why he'd do that. Because he's such a good center. He handled all Oregon's O-line calls. He seems very cerebral. High football IQ. He recognizes blitzes and stuns, calls him out, reacts to him quickly. And one thing I love about him, his hands are always lifting from a low inside position. So they're always coming up and creating that leverage. And they're not and, out here. They're not out here. Yeah, no. That's what you don't want to say. He, he's not hugging people. He is getting his hands into their chest and blocking. And it's beautiful. And you can tell it, it pays off because his anchor, he can anchor against stronger defenders. Yeah. Um, now, looking at some of his weaknesses, he is a little bit older of a prospect. I believe he's going to be like a 24, 25-year-old rookie, which, honestly, at a late-round center, I don't care. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, if you, um, get, if you get seven years out of him, he's 31. If you yeah. have a seven-year center, you're you're doing well. And his range to like, to get out to the second level and cut off like outside zone and, re- and reach blocks isn't going to blow anyone away. He's a good enough athlete. He's not. A, he's not going to surprise you there. And the the quickness to make some to cut off explosive gap penetrators isn't great. His hips and feet tend to lag behind a little. But you know what? He did just fine against Jalen. So yeah. like, I'm kind of again. I just and keep also, going back to this. Like, I can I can talk about how he's not the best athlete ever, but the film but, is the film. Footwork you can get better at. Uh, you can't get better at speed. You can't get better at athleticism. But but some of the things, some of, some of the places where he struggled, like with just decent coaching, like he seems coachable. Like he does a lot of things correctly, to where if he if he's in the right scenario, not even the right scenario, but just a decent off line coach that can be like, hey, you're you're really good at all this stuff. We just need you to be a little bit better at this. And he seems like a guy that can refine his game yeah. to just be a very very good perennial starter in the league and be a, a, a seven to 
12 year starter in the league, which when you're drafting a center in the, the fourth round, fifth round, sixth round, like you can't ask for any more than that. And just a very good solid center, which it's not a very sought after position, but it's also hard to find at the same time. So, yeah, this is probably the best center class I've ever seen. Like I, uh, this next yeah, guy we're about to talk five about. Guys, I think can, can start this league. So on Forsyth, uh, Zerline has him not even in his top 200. He's like 200 something um, on his board. And on mine, he's cracking just inside the top 100. So I think really highly of this kid. And yeah, I like knows, Maybe I'll sound like an idiot for that someday. But I we really both will. I mean, <laughs> These, these are my guys that I handpicked. So, <laughs> go to the next guy, Juice Scrugg, out of Penn State, playing in the Big Ten. I watched a lot of Penn State this past year. I watched a lot of Big Ten, obviously, out of my future on Ohio State. Everybody everybody that listens to this podcast knows how I feel about the Big Ten, how I feel about Ohio State in general, with Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, who's their quarterback that's escaping my name right now? But cj stroud yeah i love i love ohio state's prospects coming out this year but coming with coming with uh my futures and everything watched a lot, a lot of big 10 football and this kid juice scrubs out of penn state i love his length i love his hands i love his footwork and i was shocked when i started looking i thought this was a early day two guy at the worst and when i started seeing projections and everything of seeing him in the 120s 130s 140s i was absolutely appalled this kid is a stud and he's got an awesome name yes um so on scruggs like i like him enough I i think that he's the thing that i really like about scruggs is that he offers guard versatility. His anchor is so stout. Like yeah, when he, he play, says I'm he can play I'm guard guard moving, center. Yeah. When he says I'm done moving, this is as far as I'm going, that's as far as he's going. Like I I think there's some serious value in that alone. I have him ranked 153rd on my board. And that, that's right where Zerline has him at Zerline has him at 147. I think that there's a lot to like in the mental side of the game with him too. He was a captain at Penn State. He actually broke his back in 2019. Final? Um, yep. That's the uh, Mike Tyson quote. Oh, <laughs> right over my head. Um, so there's a lot to like with his background, like fighting back from all that. And he called the protections for Penn State, makes adjustments to blitz, stunts it calls it out, tells everyone what their what their assignments are. Um how big is he? Oh. Because I remember watching Penn State games thinking this kid was huge. And ESPN has him left listed at uh well wrong one. ESPN or where do they have him listed at? I lost it. I think it was six three three ten. Uh you have combine he was six six three three oh one. Okay. He looks uh, bigger than that, and I think how stout his anchor is feels a lot bigger than he's that. He's got a big old waist. A lot of, 
He got yeah. a big old butt. He got a big old butt. And that's what I love to see an offensive lineman. So, a guy who can anchor in, got that badass, get down there, and just get nasty with it. Yeah, his core and his lower half are strong as sin. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, now, the downside of that is his feet are just slow. He's stuck in the mud. Like, he, he ain't moving. I thought he had good feet. Well, the, the, I didn't watch a lot feet. of them. He has good feet, but he has slow feet. Like, uh, they're right. They're, he just can't fix a problem or a problem that he causes. Yeah. He can't recover, basically. Okay. But he's, he's very sound, technically, with his feet. But I do worry about some of the uh, three-tech gap penetrators against him, just beating him to the spot. But ultimately, at hey, I got, like I said, I got him at 153. That's a chance I'm willing to take, especially if I think he can play guard in, in like a gap scheme. That's yeah. that's something that's something that he can be pretty solid. All right. So before we get into the defensive side of the ball here, I want to give a quick update. I was talking to you about uh, a bet I'd made before we hopped on this podcast. I had Anthony Edwards above 28 points in the play-in game against Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, Minnesota was eight-point underdogs in this game. And you would think, like, if Minnesota is going to win this game, you need their best player to to ball out. So we are one minute left in the third quarter. It is 82-72. to 72. So you think Anthony Edwards is balling out, right? Like, great bet, Jaden. Like, you did so fantastic. Anthony Edwards is 0 for 7 from 3 with 5 points. <laughs> I'm sorry, bud. What a freaking clown. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Like, Carl Anthony Towns, 24 points. Mike Connolly, 17 points. Kyle Anderson, slow mo himself. The Spur. Like, I loved Kyle Anderson for so long. 16 points. Anthony Edwards, 1 from 9 from the field, 0 from 5 from the 3. With five points with two minutes left in the third quarter. And the eight-point underdog Timberwolves in the play-in game have a 12-point lead. And Anthony Edwards has done nothing. So that's just a quick update on how my life is going. That's yeah, like if they were if they were getting killed, I would be like, okay, Anthony Edwards isn't playing well. The fact that they have a Double digit lead late in the third. They don't third. need him to step up either. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking insane. But we'll get into some of these defensive guys. I don't have a good chance to really dive into these guys. So you're going to have to kind of carry the torch here. But we'll go on to the next guy, uh, Zach Harrison. Yeah, edge rusher out of the Ohio State. He, he's a Chicago Bear. He, he just is. It's already done. Midwest, he's baby. He's a perfect fit. There's no, like, this guy's got the longest arms in the draft. Longer than Tyree Wilson. I was going to say, longer than Tyree Wilson? I was shocked to find that out. But he also, longer if, than Tyree Wilson. If you tune into this podcast to hear about Tyree Wilson, <laughs> we'll give you Tyree Wilson. Just give us about a week <laughs> or two. We love Tyree Wilson, but <laughs> absolutely, that's not for today's topic. 
But so Zach Harrison, six foot five, 270 pounds, 36 inch long arms, 25 reps in the bench press, 35 inch vertical. What, what is that? A freak. 10 foot, three inch broad jump. Absolute freak. Like, and his production, his production at Ohio State is what he gets knocked on. And I I don't get it after watching the tape. Like people don't really throw the ball in the Big Ten though. They don't, and he I don't know what it was. I don't know if it's like he had a bunch of contain responsibilities or he just didn't go into like full pass rush gear till he needed to. But I'll tell you what, when Ohio State needed a play, he was Zach there. Harrison made a play. There was no it was just Oh, he hasn't really done anything this game, but they're up by seven and Maryland's driving and trying to tie the game up in the fourth quarter. And Zach Harris just flips switch, says, game's done. Goes out, yeah. sacks, sacks Talia, forces a fumble, threw a, like a, a nasty spin rip move in there to get there, which he hadn't shown all game. And then somehow Maryland gets the ball back, still only down one score. So what does he do? Puts his helmet back on. Does it again. Straps it up. Gets a sack. Very next play. There's still some time on the clock, like 15 seconds. I'm going to force a fumble, go get a touchdown. Like, I don't care that the production's not there. I saw this guy just call game two or three times, and that's good enough for me. He's he's not going to fit a 3-4. He is a 4-3 hand-in-the-dirt defensive end, and he is a Chicago I watched a lot of Ohio State this year, obviously, with my futures and everything. Yeah, no, this kid's a stud. And like you said, when he wants to turn it on, he can turn it on. And Zach Harrison, you won me like three bets this year <laughs> with Ohio State money line. So I just want to personally give you a, a, a thank you. And if you're ever in Midland, Texas, I'll buy you lunch. Take him up on it, Zach. I know you come to Midland all the time, and <laughs> we we don't have good food here, but uh, I'll find something for you, brother. Hey, there's a, there's a good barbecue, te- bar, one or two good barbecue places. H-E-B? No. Best barbecue in Midland called... is H-E-B. No, nah, when I lived there, there was, there was a place out on like a country road that was really good. I forget what it was called. Had all the barbecue in Midland. The best barbecue is H-E-B. If you oh. say so. I want to. I want to hear what you got to say now. What are you talking about? What? Uh, uh, let me, barbecue? No. Let me. Uh, let, let me ask someone who I lived there with. Yeah. You go down to Stanton. Stanton's got good barbecue, but that's about the little drive. I don't think it was that. I don't know. I'll find out for you, and I'll let you. Know. Yeah. Let's anyway, let's find out. Let's do a little live on air taste review. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Zach Harrison, number 169 on Lance Erline's board. And this is actually something that like him and uh, Dame Brugger will both talk about how hard it is to build a board for every NFL team because every NFL team's board is going to look different. so different. Yeah, My board is built for the Chicago Bears. And my board has Zach Harrison at number 47. <laughs> quite, quite the better higher. But I mean, I'm yeah, we you, see it. The Bears are going to reach out this guy. He is a dream fit for them. We see it every year. We see guys that, I mean, even not even looking past the first round, you, you like 
the Patriots last year, we had Robert Smith on talking about like somebody's going to take this guy in the first round. Everybody's got a third round grade out of him. Somebody's going to take him. And he went 27 overall. Who was that kid? That offensive lineman. Yeah, it was uh, Michael Rockman who said Oh, it. Michael Rockman, uh, not, not Robert yeah, Smith. It was Cole Strange. Excuse me for the shout out. Yeah. Well, we can shout out Robert too. I'm building my board with him, so. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he called it. He was like, most people have third round grade on this guy, but somebody's going to fall in love with him. And yeah, that I mean, I've, that's the same thing with once you get into the hundreds, guys can go 60 picks later than 100 or 30 picks earlier. I mean, it just depends on the team yeah. that finds them, that loves them, that wants them there, or they could they could fall drastically. So, like, once you get to 70 to 200, there's a pretty big, like, pretty vast, like, yeah. idea of what to what teams want to do at that point so the gap between my players in the first two rounds is a lot wider than the gap between my players in the third through sixth like those become razor thin yeah so next up here and i do not have the phonetic spelling in front of me so i might butcher this but habakkuk baldonado edge rusher out of pittsburgh habakkuk he is the he is the what's the best way to put it he is the forgotten about child behind the uh the, the like um what's it called uh like the favorite kid he's like the forgotten younger child like the resident stepchild yeah everyone is so busy Ooing and awing and drooling over Kalijah Kansi's tape, which they should. It's fun tape to watch that they completely are missing Habakkuk Baldonado right next to him. Yeah. Who is just probably playing a factor as to why Kansi is doing so. This guy, again, he is a great fit, or a much better fit for the Bears in a 4 3 front than he is probably a 3 4 front. Tall, long frame. I mean, he's just capable of doing just about anything you want your defensive end to do in a four-man front with very few deficiencies. The, the, I yeah. just saw a really good football player out there when I watched him. And out, he's... Out there just balling out. Yeah, I mean, and he's just been largely forgotten about. He's not, not in Zer, Zerline's top 200. I have him in the 50s because I just think he is a the really... 50s. Yeah, just very high-floor football player. He might his ceiling might be like good starter, but his playing floor in the is ACC like too. Starter, I feel like the ACC gets forgotten about a lot of times, and uh, a good hard nosed defender in the ACC has has definitely proved their worth in the NFL going forward. So definitely a guy to keep your eye on. Uh, Habakkuk Baldonado um, sitting there. Next we got Nick Hampton. So. Nick Hampton, edge rusher out of Appalachian State. About this the size guy, of the pick. guy's nasty. Yeah. He, he, don't let his size fool you. He has some serious pop in his hands. Like, he is jolting blockers when he hits them. Yeah, and, so you posted a couple things on Twitter today about this guy just throwing yeah. people with his hands. Little under size, but understands leverage like nobody I've ever seen. 
He is incredible with his hands and has great leverage on 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 his reps. Where I'm I'm very excited for this guy, Nick Hampton. Yeah. And Ben. He can bend the corner too. Like he is just he's a fun player to watch. A little limited and like, you know, you're not gonna have him down there as a as a base end on rundowns. You know, yeah. he is a pass rush specialist and he's gonna be drafted in a spot that reflects that he, he his job is to get after the passer on passing downs in the nfl i believe i've met 119 uh zerline has him as at 156 i think some teams just going to look at him and say who cares if he only plays third downs he's going to get sacks yeah and if he's a guy that you're only drafting to play third down if you're drafting him the the third fourth fifth round if you can get a guy that can give you Let's say he's playing 16 snaps a game, um, 135 snaps a year. If he can get you four sacks out of that, that's incredible value. Yeah, absolutely. And then last up here, we got third generation Mountaineer, interior D lineman Dante Stills out of West Virginia. Dante Stills is a lot of Big 12. This guy is. He's just, he's just a problem. That's the best way yeah. to describe this guy. He's a problem. Like, yeah, you have to address the problem, otherwise everything's gonna mess up. Yeah, I mean, he, for the NFL, he's a bit of a tweener at about 290, 290 pounds. Like between, he was two eighty six at the combine, two ninety three at his pro day. So just average amount of two ninety. But you can uh, put on weight pretty easily once you get to the NFL. Put on yeah, weight, no deal. You get him in an NFL diet, dietary and training program. I think he's going to put on a few pounds and he's fast. He is yeah. explosive. Quick. I mean, he's, I think he's, I think he's a three technique in the NFL and a guy who's going to be able to just disrupt. His dad played linebacker in the NFL. That's Gary Stills, his brother, an all American at West Virginia. The, the, and I actually, I watched a lot of this guy. Being a Big 12 guy or tech guys, obviously. The the best way to describe this guy, just a football player. Yeah. Absolutely. He's a football player. Yeah. I mean, I, I kept watching his tapes being like, I just, I just love this guy. <laughs> like, yeah, no, he's he's fun, man. And the, the biggest concern you have getting to the NFL is the size, speed, and strength that he's going to face in the NFL. But... I think this is one of those guys that you'll basically know day one if he can if he can match it. And if he can match it, and if he can continue to stay at that level, this is a guy that can be the anchor of a D-line for a long time coming. Yeah. Because, I mean, he does everything right. He, he causes chaos in the middle, and you can't you can't ask for much more than an interior D lineman to cause chaos in the middle. Like yeah. he he may not make every play, he may not make the sacks, he may not make the tackles for a loss. But if he's wreaking havoc on the inside, th- that's what you want from an interior D lineman. And he's he definitely has the ability to do that from day one. Like I'm excited to see where this guy goes. Like he's one of the, he's one of the most exciting uh interior D linemen that you could you could be looking at and Late day two, early day three. I don't 
I don't think he's going late day three. Like, I, th- I think this guy has potential to go early day two, honestly. I've got him at 116. Zerline has him at 174. I think third, fourth round is very fair for him. Um, but tweeners scare people off. People get really yeah. worried about tweeners. Um, yeah, so Donald was it, a tweener. Yeah, he was. Uh, Granted, I, mean, I believe... Potential is way higher, obviously. I believe Stills will succeed because of this one obscure fact. He won special teams player of the week this week. And he was a star starter on that defense. This guy just loves football. Yeah, like I said, he's a football player. Like when you watch this guy, he's just a football player. And Absolutely. When when you're drafted in the third, fourth round, sometimes it's it's just better to take the football player. Sometimes yeah. you just want a guy that plays football. And he's definitely one of those guys. So before we wrap up, can I speed round four more guys? It's real fast. Yeah, Maybe let's hear fast, it. Fast, fast, fast. So I think it's how you pronounce it. Sidey Sow, offensive guard at Eastern Michigan, has played left guard and left tackle there. Extremely impressive athlete. Oh my, I went into his tape expecting like nothing. Like, like maybe this guy will show some flashes and holy crap, this guy might be one of the better guard prospects in the draft. Like, I mean, Grant, he's What's going his against the competition. Sidey Sow, S-I-D-Y-S-O-W. And he's mean, he's athletic, he's strong. His anchor was impressive. Now we'll see how that holds up against NFL power, but I was very impressed by it, by his tape, and I want to see more of it. I think he's a guy from lower level, like Eastern Michigan, like I said, who could surprise people with where he goes. Going back to Pitt, Carter Warren, left tackle there. Very impressed by his pass protection. Like, we, we look at Pitt, they're a run-heavy offense who means a lot on play action, doesn't ask their offensive linemen to do too many true pass sets, you know, where they're actually just, it's just snap and you're going straight into pass block where you're not like faking a run block or looking, giving a run block look. They, they don't do a lot of that. And they do. This guy shines at left tackle. He is a very impressive pass protector. And he's a guy who I think has a lot more to show at the next level than he has shown in college. Yeah. Um, Third guy here, John Gaines, offensive guard out of UCLA. That UCLA run offense, it was nasty. Yeah, year, UCLA right? was nasty. John Gaines. The, 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 Pac-10, the Pac-10 had a lot of pretty good offensive lines this year. And people don't think offensive line when they think Pac-10. But UCLA, Oregon, um, and... I think Washington, if I'm remembering correctly, all had solid offensive lines this year. Yeah. So, John Gaines, he's played left guard, right guard, and center in his time at UCLA. So, he's got that versatility you really like to see. But what you really like to see is this guy's athleticism on tape. He does some wild shit on bowls and movement. And it's just like, I didn't know a guy that big could move that. And that alone is going to get him drafted higher than where he's being ranked right now. I mean, he has a dream for a guy like Kyle Shanahan, who asks his offensive lineman to do some crazy stuff. Like, it is just an impressive mover. A lot to still technically work out with him, but he he has enough nastiness and aggressiveness that I believe in him. 
Um, Spencer Anderson, offensive guard out of Maryland. He's played a little right tackle, a lot of right guard, a, some center, and a little bit on the left side. So he's played pretty much all five spots on the O-line, which you love to see. So you know he's smart. He can handle that stuff. And again, he is a guy who... It's funny. I was talking to another draft analyst on, on uh, the Building the Board podcast I'm doing, and he wasn't very impressed with the athleticism that he saw from Anderson, which I've, I learned later, you put on the wrong game, you won't be that impressed. But you yeah. put on the right game, and you're going to say, this guy can move. I saw him hit like four different home run blocks in the game against Ohio State. They didn't all go for home runs, but they all could have because he hit it. And they were like tough reach blocks where it's like this guy's getting out in space, trying to get in front of a cornerback who's a third his size and way faster. Doing everything right. Yeah. And it was just, he's a guy who I think is going to go a little higher. He just had his pro day, blew the numbers out of the water, outstanding scores. And I am excited about where this guy goes. Very similar to John Gaines. There's a lot to iron out with him. But with how much versatility he has, you know the football IQ is there, and you know the athleticism is there. So, like, you got two of the three pieces you're looking for. Um, And last guy who had very late ad, who I just watched today, John Okwuju, left tackle out of Boise State. He's played left side and right side. I'll keep this simple. His tape is just like a heavy metal roller coaster. Love it. We'd love to see out of office line. Yeah. Well, not so much the roller coaster part, but I think yeah. he's athletic enough to iron that out, I I hope. And I think he's a guy who could be surprising some people with like a fifth round pick instead of undraft or something. Yeah. So everybody we talked about, everybody you just mentioned, we have Edna O'Connell, Mohammed Ibrahim, Chase Brown, Keishan Butte, Wanya Morris, Alex Forsyth, Juice Scruggs, Zach Harrison, Habuka. Maldonado, Nick Hampton, Dante Stills. Pick one guy in this that you think could be a Hall of Famer. And who is it going to be? Let's call our shot. Can I I go with my late Yeah, odds are somebody's going to get there. I'm going to go with Wanya Morris. There you go. I think Wanya Morris Morris has all the tools. I think he has everything it takes to be, to have the staying power in the NFL, be an absolute stud in the NFL, to have star power, staying power, everything it needs. Uh, I I think you can have a 14 year career, let's say five all pros and seven pro bowls for Wanya Morris. Lock it in. Lock it in. I'm so excited for this draft. We're going to get into uh, more of the the top-rated guys next week that so you'll hear about the the CJ Strouds, the Bryce Young, uh, Paris Johnson. Oh, I'm excited to talk about Paris Johnson, Tyreek Wilson. Uh, I'm excited to talk about some of these guys. So uh, we'll, we'll definitely break down more of the, the top-end guys next week. But just because some of these guys we talked about today – aren't aren't going high if you see their names pop up on your team's draft boards then it could be an absolute deal of a draft pick because i think some of these guys 
I have all the potential in the world that they could they, they could be worth every bit of a one. So uh this is just your friendly reminder that the, the draft's not over after day one. The team teams are built on day two and three draft picks. And that's what we're trying to bring to you guys right now is is guys that when it when it's Sunday at three o'clock and they're just rifling through them and you see somebody's name come across your 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 app and you're like I don't know who this guy is maybe right, look him up because that could be that could be the guy that changes your franchise the other guys the other guys that's what the league's built on I'm so excited I I, I think. I think this draft is full of late round potential. Yeah, it is. I mean, I not I not have. so much on top end talent. Like there there is some top end talent there, but I think looking back five five years, you're gonna see seven to fifteen guys that like holy shit they went in the third round, they went in the fourth round, and they're gonna be stud. I mean, I think there's a few guys who are going to go late first that people look back on and be like, the hell, the teams didn't want this guy? It'll be pretty obvious also, but if CJ Stroud doesn't go one and he falls to like seven or nine, it will be immediately obvious in one to three years that you're like, look at these idiots. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah, excited to talk about there. that because the rumors coming in about CJ Stroud are absolutely asinine. He's the best quarterback in the draft. But we'll get into that next time. Yes, we will. You got anything else? Jeff Okuda traded to the Panthers. No. You know why he was traded? Traded to the Falcons. He was sleeping on them lines, fool. Exactly. Don't sleep on the lines. Don't sleep I'll on the lines. Dan Campbell, don't screw with that stuff. Yeah. Dan Campbell has... He's a no-nonsense guy. He holds up the sign that says, zero days since our last nonsense, and he ain't having it. So, Jeff Okuda, you were sleeping on it. Lions about to win the NFC North and, and lose in the first round of the playoffs. We love to see it here on the Chamber Points podcast. We're all about it. All right. Thank you all for joining. Remember... Like and subscribe. Let us know what you think. If there's anything you want to talk about, let us know. And don't sleep on these fools in the second, third, fourth, fifth round. There's what's going to make your team. Love you all. Thanks for listening. Adios.